Oh, we're going on an adventure back to Middle Earth. That's right, for a very special 40th episode of Cinema Swill, Kevin and I have reviewed The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. I won't give too much away other than to say it was an extremely fun episode to record. If you want to hear that episode plus 39 other episodes of Cinema Swill, a Patreon exclusive bonus show where we review bad movies, head on over to patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. We've reviewed all sorts of stuff, all of the Star Wars prequels, The Room, Plan 9 from Outer Space, Wild Wild West, the list goes on. Now is a very good time to sign up, check it out, see what you think, see if it's for you. And hey, it helps support us and it helps support the show. To find out more, head on over to patreon.com forward slash cinema swell right let's get swirling Swirl one two buckle my episode number ninety two. It is here we are once again, <laughs> slowly walking and perusing through the shoe shop of Hollywood. It's me, your old pal Cowboy Kevin. Look at all these shoes, aka Hollywood movies that he's not seen. Sam, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you, and I'm glad that we're nearly getting to the point where you might, for one of these episodes, just say episode ninety three. It's episode 93 and just go well, straight I'll save that it. one for a big banner episode okay. like 116 yeah. <laughs> or something like that you keep a duck here on cinema swirl and keep your ears out because i will forget it's nice to be here in this shoe shop of hollywood it is isn't it mm. and in the shoe shop would you look over there on the mantelpiece but there's a nice employee of the month picture now for the hard work of the recent retiree and lifelong shoe shop employee brackets actor it's still in the hollywood metaphor from the start yes of the episode. Very nice. It's a Bruce Willis special edition, hey, Sam. Hey, bit of Bruce. Bit of best Bruno of Bruce. is most definitely back in town for... Yeah. This is the first time we've done a Willis-centric swirl? I don't even know if Willis has made an appearance yet, as far as I can remember or recall. You know, the man is known first and foremost about the Die Hard... I was going to mm. say trilogy, but it's more like a it's it's the extended Die Hard universe yes. now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How many movies do you have to get to to become a universe? Ooh, five. I reckon oh. five. Five? Oh, what I'm saying, it's one. You could Dark Universe, The Mummy, you know. That's a one <laughs> universe film deal right there. But the word quadrilogy exists. But then when you get past four, what are you calling it then? You know, I'm, I'm no mathematician, so I can't even <laughs> begin uh, to. We call it a doppel trilogy, actually, at that point. Or right. a trilogy to the power of another trilogy. Right. Sam, people want to know, first and foremost, it's very, very strange that we've got the movie that we have, du jour. Yes. We're looking at Die Hard with a Vengeance. Not Die Hard, traditionally the start of the Die Hard extended universe canon. Okay, now this episode is going to be a wash with Sam saying he's sort of seen things. Hmm. Because I'm pretty sure I've seen Die Hard. I'm pretty confident I've seen Die Hard. And I say I've asked you enough that you've definitely had time to dwell on it because I think yeah. I ask you this question every few months. <laughs> you've seen Die Hard, haven't you? Yeah. Hey, have you? Uh, yippee ki Christmas, terrorists, guy falls off the roof. No, it's Alan Rickman. It's Alan yeah, Rickman. Yes, yeah, Alan Rickman. Took a little tumble off the shower. <laughs> I think I've seen it. He, he walks on glass at some point. Or he goes through some glass. What's this think business? I just, 
look, right, now, occasionally we come back to this theory on the official Cinema Swirl wiki that Sam has <laughs> seen all of them films, but he's forgot. I think this is one of those ones where I I must have seen it, but my memory is sort of hazy. But Die Hard, I've, I think I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen Die, I've seen Die Hard. You've seen Die Hard. Yeah. You're saying that with 95? Uh, I reckon, that, I reckon a solid 90% confidence that I have watched Die Hard with some level of attention. Oh, the statisticians amongst us, they're raging. That plus or minus 5% margin of error has, it's not been met. Now, Kevin, I don't think I've seen Die Hard 2, but you wanted ah, to hello. put Die Hard with a vengeance into the swirl vote for Bruce Willis. Why is that? Well, the reason why, mm. and there was a lot of thought went into this, mainly because I wanted this episode to be a celebration of the big man himself, Bruce yes. Willis. Well done, good job on the acting career. And I felt that if we were sidestepping, no doubt everyone's favourite Die Hard movie, Die Hard with the first instalment, that if we skip by that and went in to Die Hard 2, you know, yeah. Die Hard Forever, if we went straight into that, it, uh, and look, there are those of you sitting at home going, Kevin, the sequence of events, I know, but let's all be honest, and I may be going out on a limb here, but Die Hard 3 eats Die Hard 2's lunch, as right. far as I'm concerned. Sorry, is that, is that a plot detail that you're spoiling? <laughs> <laughs> And I will add as well, Sam, it does so with a vengeance. Right. Yeah? Does anyone ever confuse Bruce Willis's character in Die Hard in the same way that people call, like, Lara Croft Tomb Raider? Do they ever call him Die Hard? Like, <laughs> he is Die Hard. No, it's just something that he says in every movie. Like, right. you know, he'll, he'll be like, I guess I'm dying hard. And yeah. like, does that mean you're going to die hard right now? Because he'll get the tense right, make sure it's always correct. Yeah. So I did, honestly, I wanted to go straight to a good day to die hard. But instead, <laughs> I thought we'll hit the middle ground. Literally, we'll go with die hard with a vengeance. Yes. Now, you reckon, you reckon... You yeah. saw, with a good degree, but not an absolute degree of certainty, that you saw the first one. Second one, you didn't see it. I'm 100% don't think I've sure seen it. on that. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying we're never going to go back to that, but as it can all be stated now, because the man's retired, it's unlikely that this is going to be like an active drama, like we're, we're talking about someone out of order. It'll be more reviewed as an historical inaccuracy that we're doing instead. So I'm okay sure. with that, you know, okay. mixing up the timelines. It could be an argument that Die Hard 2 could go on cinema swill compared to some of the, the other movies that we've done here. That is a potential it's as well. It's an argument, sure. Here's a question. Yeah. Bruce Willis, you see much of him in your childhood growing up? Well, uh, yes. And I think, you know, from the vote, you will have seen that some of the big hitters were missing. The heavy hitters. We had Armageddon, we had Die Hard with a Vengeance, and we had Unbreakable. Okay, so um, the fifth element, that was the one that popped into my head. Lilu Dallas Multipass. I've seen it. Whoa, um, okay, yeah, yeah. okay. That was a proper, <laughs> like, high school girlfriend wants to show me this film film for me. <laughs> And I really enjoyed it. I had a, had a great time. But that's what that was. Sixth Sense? Yeah, seen that. Seen it? If I haven't... No, I have seen I've definitely seen it. No, you know what? 99% accuracy, I have seen The Sixth Sense. Or if I haven't, which I have, I know enough about it that I don't think there's that much fun that can be 
taken from me watching it. Okay, know? okay, yeah. fair so enough. Seen that, seen Pulp Fiction. I know that that would be a tricky one to do as a Bruce Willis swell, but he's a prominent, you know, character in it. Seen oh, that. Oh, I mean, for me, I remember seeing Pulp Fiction for the first time. And mm. like, you know, because I was just a you know, kid, I didn't really, <laughs> so way too young, didn't realize, you know, didn't know who many of the actors who were in it. I didn't even recognize Quentin Tarantino at that point in time or Uma Thurman. It was pre-Batman and Robin, folks. That's when I saw it, right? Sure. But when Bruce Willis showed up, it was like, <gasps> it was uh. like when he showed up in Friends. It was like, <gasps> You know, it was like when he showed up in that special game that was made for PlayStation 1. Like, I remember being an N64 owner and reading Games Master and being like, Bruce Willis is making a special game for PlayStation 1. And I'd be like, I'm sure Miyamoto and the gang know what they're doing, but this is certainly cause for concern. Yeah, look, my knowledge of this Die Hard film entirely comes from Die Hard Trilogy, the video game on that was my PlayStation 1. Question. Yeah. Oh my God. This film isn't a third-person action shooter. It's not an on-rails shooter. This is a driving game, all it's right? It's a driving game. This and is a Sam, driving I'll say, game. It's the closest of the trilogy to Skate as its own comparison, I would say. Yeah. In the Die Hard trilogy, if you're saying, I want to play Skate ultimately, <laughs> I will give you Die Hard with the Vengeance. It feels accurate. Although Tony Hawks doesn't scream, you're going the wrong way every two <laughs> seconds, like Sam Jackson. I'm not sure if that is actually Sam Jackson on the PlayStation 1. Somebody but said, someone says that. Someone says that. I mean, that does genuinely ring a bell. That, so that game, that Die Hard trilogy, the video game, is very much a, I watched my brother play the video game and wasn't okay. really allowed to play it. But I do, I've got quite vivid memories of the snow, for, the virtual snow falling down on one of the games. Okay, that's not this one. Okay, <laughs> it's not this one. It's no. absolutely not this right. one, no. But I, I didn't get anything from it other than there's some driving. So I know there's some driving. I know there's Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis. I mean, Sam Jackson and Bruce Willis straight away. How does that strike you as a, as a couple on screen? Oh, great pairing. Couple of Hollywood big rigs. And they, they were in Pulp Fiction. They were in Unbreakable, from what ah. I could see from the poster. Those two work together a lot. So there ah. we go. We've got something to look forward to. Yeah. An air of familiarity that I don't think we would necessarily normally guess. No. In no. a cinema swirl episode. And we are 100% sure you've not seen this movie. Yes, I have not seen this movie. You've heard like, it 100%. 100%. Well, why don't we, in the meanwhile, ascend the steps of the tower and dig into the mailbag with a vengeance? Welcome to the mailbag with a vengeance and vengeance. with some questions. Questions with a vengeance as well. If you've got questions, queries, or comments for the mailbag, you can send them on in to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com, CC with a vengeance. Or the socials at cinemaswirl slash cinemaswirl, you know, the ones. The usual places. So this question, which is apropos because we've been talking about video game versions of films uh, stuff, right? That's true, and that would mean, because that discussion is both apropos and apropos if and or nothing. <laughs> yes. I think this is the, the flip reverse here. Hit the remix. Liam writes, Why do you think movies about video games, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, Tomb Raider, etc., are by and large terrible or not very good at best. And we look, we've had our fair share of video game movies on Cinema Swill. Yeah, we've done a couple of because we did Mortal Kombat, yeah. Annihilation. 
Annihilation. Yeah. We did. Uh, Mortal Kombat did, with a Vengeance. <laughs> did we do Street Fighter as well? Did Street Fighter. Yeah, JCVD in the house. We did Super, Super Mario, Mario Bros. Brothers. Yeah. I, not to spoil the, the prestige of the behind the paywall content, Sam, mm. but I reckon you and I, we had pretty good times with most of those titles in one way or another. We did, but they are shit, right? They're like, they're kind of. <laughs> they're, they're, they're the good kind of bad where they're fun, fun bad, and sometimes just genuinely fun. But there is a reputation that video game movies are always pretty pants and there's not many exceptions to that there's a lot of buzz about like detective pikachu and these sonic movies that are out now to be like they're decent oh, they're good you know Ugh. yeah because that's such a rare thing but those feel less like kind of we're trying to make a movie about the game. It's more mm. like we're making a movie that is set kind of with references to the game and it has enough winks and nods to the kind of to the property and all that. Because I think that's what like Sonic and Detective Pikachu, those are they're grand old blockbuster popcorn classics as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But I think they are almost trying to not give you the deliberate experience of picking up and trying to play one of those games whereas i felt tomb raider was like it wanted to give you those scenes that you were used to seeing and couldn't help but be annoyed by comparison maybe that's it i don't know uh, yes yeah, it's, it's a tough one i mean you get a lot of like oh the film's not as good as the book but there are a lot of films that are good that are adapted from books uh, but you you know you pretty much universally across the board get you know the film is not as good as the video game but video games ain't books you know yeah and i think those things are very very different you know yeah. What I'm intrigued by is mm. the upcoming, and he says this now to immediately date this episode, May of 2022, but they're making a series of The Last of Us. And I think yes. that perhaps because video games, much to a lot of people's chagrin who tried to play some and move on to others, are such long experiences. They're trying to get that down to two hours. That's fucking boo-boo bananas. Whereas yeah. if you give me a nice series... Mm. I can have a little bit more fun with that. That's why I enjoyed Shenmue the series and have not found any investors for my Shenmue live action movie. <laughs> the Shenmue we could have caught. Come on, money on the table. I, I think we're getting there though, aren't we, in terms of adapting video games. It's taken a long time of figuring it out and I think you're right that it, a lot of video game stories now can't really easily be adapted to just a film. You're basically saying to me that... Uh, Tom Holland and Uncharted were standing on the shoulders of giants, is what we're basically saying. I mean, was that shit? I, I, I kind of that kind of came and went, you know. Yeah, we talked about this. This is funny. It reminds me very much of what we were talking about on the Hobbit, which has just mm. dropped over on Cinema Swill on the Patreon. Which is like these movies have come out and feel like make absolutely no impact whatsoever in your social bubble or anything you're advertised to. We looked up the Hobbit made the same amount of money as the Lord of the Rings trilogy in profit, yeah. and apparently Uncharted broke box office records. Records, even it? though it wasn't like people were like going this fucking movie we're, we're making loads of noise about it like you know they did with a lot of movies on my timeline yeah. people were just like ah fuck it and it's like one of the biggest movies that's come out in years apparently so well, what do we know we're meant to be representatives of cinema not video games kevin i've got high hopes about the illumination studios mario film okay <laughs> i know i know it's chris pratt as mario etc etc but i've still got high hopes i'm hoping and it's gonna be good jack nicholson as waluigi <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much for your question liam yeah thanks for the question i don't really know why but it's it's a big deep question isn't it <laughs> right the, the issue with fielding questions from the socials uh-oh is we get something like this where i say the following question from uh, bungle reads bungle. as well <laughs> reads as follows of all the characters from all the films who'd be the best and worst for a come dine with me type situation Ooh, all the characters all the films
Holmes. Good yeah. Lord in heaven. For Possibly for international listeners, come dine with me as a TV show over here. Kind of, it's, I think it's daytime or kind of like early Afternoon evening. Afternoon time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The concept is, I think, four or five different people. They go around each other's houses and each night of the week they're hosting a dinner party and they kind of rate each other's dinner party and at the end one of them wins a lot of money. You meant to provide starter main course dessert and entertainment of some sort. Yes. And usually what it is is a nice combination of tryhards and oddballs and people who genuinely have a dap hand of putting on this sort of thing. Yes. And it all comes together for a great British experience that is... Plenty of bickering. Plenty yeah. of viral moments. Like if you want to talk yourself out of having a dinner party, bung on a few episodes of that. <laughs> so I've got an answer for this. I mean, there's a lot of ways it could go, Sam. Mm. You know, a lot because it's straight away. I know I've just mentioned him and we did it last episode, but I'm imagining old departed Jack Nicholson sticking a whisk in his mouth, you know? <laughs> <laughs> He'd do that just to intimidate a potential rat, wouldn't he? You know, just pop, pop, up. It's almost as disgusting as what he did with the hand in that movie, you know, but it's actually <laughs> still quite, quite disturbing in its own oh, right. By the way, sidebar, in the time since our last episode, I've been to Ireland briefly. I went to hey! Dublin. I did look around in the shops for a grey T-shirt that just says Irish on it, but I couldn't find one. <laughs> God, somebody needs to get to the board of tourism. More uh, money on the table. Yeah. I can't even put my cup down. There's so much money on the table. I ate some Tato. Good. I Good man. Drank some Guinness. Watched a Scar gig. Jeff Rosenstock. Had a great time. Met Tristan, friend of the show. Oh, he did a nice acoustic number of the yes. Cinema Swirl yeah. theme at one point. He did, he did. He gave me some tiffin. I genuinely wasn't sure whether it was okay for me to ask for or say anything about tiffin he in did Ireland. did on the Protestant side of town, I'm sure, so you would have been fine, you know? Genuinely worried. This is what you've done to me. I know it's a running joke, but I was scared in Ireland to mention tiffin in case it was a bad thing. That's why I wanted to get you, like, you know, the shirt, like, so that when you and someone goes like, hey, what's he doing? You pull it up and they're like, oh, he's one of us guys. It's okay. Like, back away. So yeah, I, I had a fun time in Ireland. Anyway, I've got an answer for this question. Come dine with me. Best and worst. Best, Best and, and worst. worst at the Best same time. Worst. The whole cast of characters from Goodfellas. All right? Oh! Because, because we know they know how to make great looking and definitely delicious food. No one's disputing the gravy, Sam. I wasn't even no, bringing no. that up into the into no. the conversation. But I'm worried about the entertainment, and I'm worried, well, quite frankly, about the ambience. Yes, because we, we also know, as well as being great chefs, they are very, very sensitive to any kind of slight or insult. <laughs> and I think that would work great on Come Dine With Me. Oh, yeah, and also to see the good fellas pitted against each other in a non-violent environment, I think it'd be very good for them all. Mm. I'm just saying there'd be a lot less dead people and a lot less angry people if they all just sit around and had a nice dinner party. They were yeah. close to it in prison, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. That's your potential most explosive. Have you got a positive potential experience? Well, but, but I think that would be... Oh, the, that the is your, food, that's your positive. The food would the be food, so good. He's doing the gesture. Oh, the food would be good. But then you get the kind of, oh, mo moist how? Moist like a cake? Uh, I don't know. I've got uh, <laughs> I've got no line for that. But, Go yeah. home and get your whisk. <laughs> <laughs> I just envision him allowing with a whisk in his mouth getting the fucking shit clapping yeah. out of him. Trying to think of any other like po positive food-based experience I can think okay, of. Okay, from... how about we go with face-off and yeah. the face-off exchanges <laughs> happens just before, <laughs> uh, but just before, and he's like, he's he's you know Nick Cage as yeah. Travolta is trying to present the food in a way that he knows 
would right. get under everyone's skin, yeah. you know? And everyone's not, no one's going to enjoy his entertainment, which is eating a peach for hours. It's boring. It's the worst dessert I've ever had. Okay, that's a very, <laughs> that's a very good answer. I mean, Face Off, when we watched it, was difficult enough for me to wrap my head around who was speaking as who. But if they were also hosting dinner parties and rating each other's dinner parties, it would be, that's a whole other minefield. That would be absolutely distraught with, with, yeah. with, with terrible times, I'm pretty sure. That's an interesting one. And you know what? I'm going to put it out there if anyone feels that they can and let's go with the cinema swirl episodic canon yes please I think it's potentially spoiled or overlooked what have you got for a dream Hollywood come, come dine, dine with, with me, me fictional party that's yes, what I'm please. putting out there I would like some of your submissions please cinema swirl at gmail.com that's cinema swirl at gmail.com all the socials aka the socials I think that just about wraps it up for the mailbag for this episode so let's Ooh. pop oh sorry the mailbag with a vengeance let's put the vengeance, vengeance back in thank you pop that to one side oh i gotta tell you right now because i yeah. want you to be too giddy during them serious questions yeah i mm. think you gotta fucking love this movie because it is that time of year when we're recording where the sun is peeking through the window you know what yep. i mean yeah yeah i've got summer fever so i've had to lie down and <laughs> i'm now so sorry I, now that i've recuperated from it i'm feeling really good oh good great sam i'm just saying i've got a mustache at the moment not a beard so i'm in the mood for a big hot summer movie and i think this is a big hot summer blockbuster well i'm excited you know what i was looking at where this might be on for me to watch <laughs> this is <laughs> you have to boot up the ps1 and let your brother do a long play i think <laughs> You got a couple of hours and an old tube TV. I did not expect this to be on Disney Plus. Oh, um, beautiful! Yeah, it's on Disney Plus at time of record in the UK. Once we started talking about where things were, I felt now that we've become a bit of a public service, at least for <laughs> listeners in the yeah. UK and Ireland, at the very least. Mm. I'm excited. You're excited. Yeah. Let's go do a cinema swirl with a vengeance. Funnily enough, with a vengeance as well. Sam, initial gut reaction to Die Hard, Mitch Einer Vengeance. Way! Hey! Oh! Yeah. We got the fucking triple threat of ways and haze and a's and all. That's that's a good sign, Sam. Die Hard with a way, mate. It was it was good. That was a fun time. Is there any kind of movies that this would kind of you'd put it in a category of that wayness? Because I know when it comes towards the hotter days of the year, yeah. it tends to go in for them summer blockbusters. So we've had this before, but I don't know. Is Die Hard with a Vengeance a way like an Independence Day way? Or is it a different thing entirely? <laughs> Independence way. Let me have a little scroll through some of our films here. It's a way in the same sense as like, you know, Point Break was a way. Oh, okay. You know? Okay. True Lies was a way. True Lies was a way. It's like you're saying all these movies are gone. Like, they're all away. It's like, away. You know, they're That's all away. away. Con Air, you know, etc. It's Face Off, etc., etc. It's that kind of way. It's that kind of kind of stupid action. Looking through the, the old back catalogue there, there's loads of those types of movies. Mm. Look away. Look <laughs> away. You know, it's amazing. There's a lot of it. Yeah. I don't know. It happened kind of, like, literally in the seconds leading up to us going off to watch it, I was like, oh, I just realized 
realised now this is just going to be right up his fucking alley. Like, if I am some sort of a human algorithm that is rubbish, like a real life, you know, he, a voice assistant that's meant to learn your tastes and all that, mm. this is the one time I've successfully realised I think I have got a little bit of an insight, I think, yeah. to yeah, what yeah. you might like. I'm pointing right at you. Yeah, uh, What same. you might like. And it yeah. turns out you like movies with a vengeance. Absolutely correct. Loved it. Also, little note here, Passion of the Christ was away in a manger because it's got <laughs> Jesus in it. Um, that was a film we did. You know, it's another great thing about this hot movie, that mm. hot soundtrack. I remember immediately oh. being a little child walking around going, hot town, hot town, hot town, hot town, hot town. And imagine yeah. if it was a very close day back in Ireland, a.k.a. a humid hot day, and there's a little fucking annoying shy going, hot town. God almighty, I made some migraines in my day, I bet you. I mean, look, straight in with that set. I mean, well, not straight in. The reason why I know it's one of those fucking films, one of those way films, <laughs> is the title, when it comes in, it kind of smashes in and it makes noise. Kung. <clears throat> And, like things bash together. It's, oh, you know. what's that? There's Ugh. a subtitle coming in. Perhaps it's going to go. Like it's, it's a car careening out of control. I feel like Scrap Heap Challenge did that, or at least the, the music of Scrap Heap Challenge had that real kind of clunky. Yeah, there's, there's a clunky industrialness yeah. to it. All we yeah. can say is the title screen of Die Hard with a Vengeance no doubt has a massive figurative carbon footprint, is what we're saying. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And then to go into hot town, summer in the city. Ah, oh, yes, please. And some shots of the city, the hot town. Sam, I like a hot summer day. But mm. I like my hot days to be caused by the creeping onslaught of climate change. Yes. You know, sitting around having a barbecue at 30 degree weather on the 3rd of March and two days later it's snowing. I don't like a hot town because of bombs going no, off. No, no, that's the wrong type of heat. But yeah, big old explosion. And we're, we're straight in. We're straight into the action here. We get a little bit of, oh, oh no, we're in a nice city. Bang. Who do we need? We need fucking John McClane. We've got some guy ringing up the FBI slash police. I don't know who. There's kind of a indeterminate police presence here. Whoever they are. I've tried to follow the actual career of John McClane as a man mm. who seemed to start as a detective rose through the ranks of lieutenant yet was still a detective and then he was like taken down like the Russian government in the later movies so I'm not sure what career path he is it's less like an honest New York cop and more like if you took the cop career in the sims and at the end of it you're like fighting aliens or something like that that kind of feels like where McClane's at do you want me to tell you what his job title is Kevin please badass Oh, he's a badass. He's a badass. <laughs> he's a badass. He's a badass. And let me tell you, there's nothing more badass than being hungover Brucey boy. Oh, he's so hungover. And they get a call from uh, a man with a German accent saying his name's Simon, doing riddles and shit. This is a Batman movie. We got the Riddler here. Forget your Joker. Simon Sagan, or as the Germans say, Simon Says, or as the Germans sagen, Simon Sagan. Yeah, because it's really picking up because we bring, <laughs> we bring in John McClane all hungover and he's been told he's got to do something now. He's got a task. But the FBI straight away are like, okay, well, we got to do it because this guy's threatening to blow stuff up. I don't know if that's the actual police policy. No, and also as well... It does at the start, and forgive me, there's not going to be many criticisms of this movie, mm. but it almost feels like this is a mod for another movie that has put in John McClane from Die Hard Wood into it, because, like, I get it, the man's hung over, but it's like, John, you need to show up in the back of a van. 
and make sure you're wearing a vest and slacks <laughs> just like in the first movie as well please if you don't mind you know he's almost too perfectly airdropped in here also as well American friends I know I'm always asking for help and this may be a plea to too many but are there seriously lottos that happen over there with one fucking number yeah it was the numbers like four digits and that's it it's a big old number it's doing some heavy lifting don't yeah, get me yeah. wrong big number but that's it you just you just have you know 69 69 or whatever yeah that's my number you can't steal it i did two years <laughs> of statistics at university and it leads me to believe that the chances of getting one long number right is slightly better than a series of possibly two digit numbers wrong so i don't know i feel like yeah, yeah. i might go to new york and hit up that lottery easy money is what i'm saying <laughs> easy money so bruce willis in this is like aggressively handsome is what i wrote down you know what sam I noted a mm. touch of eyeliner there to help with the hangover. He noticed that. He had a little bit of a little, little subtle, only a little subtle, like a wrestler who's getting slightly too old in the advent of HD television. He's just got a little subtle, and maybe it's because it had the upscaling turned on. We've been down this road before. Mm. There was a little touch of dark around there, so uh, he was looking well, was John McClane. It's looking good. He got the iconic vest. And the iconic attitude as well, Sam. You know what I'm saying? And you know what, right? Because we've got a Riddler-type figure in this, I was already ready making little notes thinking i'm going to try and get ahead of this guy there were repeated reference to these cops doing their badge numbers as the thing and i was writing down badge numbers trying to be like these numbers are going to come up later i'm going to get ahead of this fucking johnny lost over here no the numbers <laughs> the numbers like you know you know what i'm beginning to think that lost particularly the early seasons was just a kind of a drive to get children back into the lottery because they weren't into it and then say oh <laughs> Well, how about these numbers, you know? And I, I bet somewhere in Hollywood right now, there's some exhausted lotto executive going, no, we can do it again. We just need to pick the yeah. right numbers. The ones in Lost are iconic. That's why it works. See, b- back in 2004, you didn't have to put hashtag spawn, hashtag ad when you were doing an extended <laughs> lottery feature on your television show. <laughs> so, right, John McClane, the task he's been given here, he's got to strip down to just his pants in Harlem, Uh-oh. the police drop him off on the corner and he's got a sandwich board on. A rude, evil sandwich board is what it is. Yes, we see everyone looking at him and reacting to it before we actually see what's on it. Now, we, we know this is a really bad thing on this sandwich board. And I did, they do a very good job at building to that because he's yeah. you see him like kind of chest up for so long mm. and everyone's gasping. And then also I remember like I pressed the info button on the TV. I'm like, oh, it did come out in the mid 90s. Mm. There's going to be all sorts written on that. And I mean, that's probably the point. I figured Luke Cage is going to come around here any second and turn him inside out probably <laughs> with the way he's carrying on. <laughs> Meanwhile, before we get the reveal, we have Samuel Jackson here working in like a, uh, I think he's an electrician or something. He's a cash converter, Sam, is clearly what it is. he's working in a shop. And he's schooling the younglings. Yeah, basically saying, you know, no one's going to help us. We've got to help ourselves. Who do we definitely not want to help us? White people. And then the kids are like, oh, hey, uncle, look outside. There's there's a white guy here. Speaking of assuming the worst, (laughs) look at what's confirming our thoughts and suspicions over here. Right. right. (laughs) It's a police officer. (laughs) Bruce is there. John McClane's there with his sign on that says, I hate, and then an extremely horrible racial slur on his sandwich board. That's what his task has been. He's got to wear that in Harlem and it's fucking awful as well because sandwich boards should be used to tell you about sandwiches and maybe
maybe when the apocalypse is happening and for it to be co-opted for a hateful exercise like that, I thought was very fucking mean indeed. It's a real shame. Now, on the vote on facebook.com forward slash cinema swell for this, someone wrote in the comments, and I saw this before I watched the film, I wonder what Sam's going to make of Bruce's cardboard outfit at the start. That's going to be interesting to talk about. Outfit? Yes. So I thought we'd get John McClane dressed as a fucking robot or something with like tinfoil wrapped around. (laughs) I was really excited for him wearing... And he's in Harlem, so all those boys in the corner, they seem like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like... (laughs) Bleep, bloop, bloop, bleep, bleep. And I mean, I can't tell you how disappointed I was to be completely wrong about that assumption. Also, another note about this. Yeah, you thought you were getting cardboard hijinks and instead you just got cardboard racism, which is nowhere near as fun. <laughs> on the sort of censored version, like they show on like telly during the day or like airplanes and stuff. The sign says, I hate everybody, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> <and> like <laughs> you can see and a then, photo Let of me it. tell you, when them humanists on the corner saw that, they were fucking <laughs> livid. Absolutely. They wanted to kill him. Oh, another bloody misanthrope. Oh, bloody hell. Let's beat him up. Don't Uh, you know that human society has to arc towards togetherness? Look, Samuel Jackson here comes out, immediately goes over to John McClane, and he does a kind of really considerate thing of trying to stop this man from getting fucking killed. You know, it's like, okay, you're going to die here soon. You need to start acting crazy because otherwise, if you're doing this legitimately, people are quite rightly going to kill you. I like his his kind of his trust in the lads on the corner who've got guns drawn as soon as they saw this lad. And he's like, look, if they think you have a mental illness, they will obviously back off straight away. <laughs> I suppose that is quite... It's very, quite very, trusting. very, very, very trusting of him to do that. Yeah. And I'll tell you, if you thought Bruce Willis is bad at acting at points in his career, no, 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 no. You can see how bad he could be because he's so great at acting bad at acting when he has to pretend yes. to be crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't believe you're crazy even for a second, John <laughs> McClane. No, he doesn't pull it off to the extent that he does get fully beaten up. I think him and Samuel L. Jackson. Zeus as well as his name, which is Zeus. like... Zeus. In fairness, that's a pretty fantastic name to be given to Samuel Jackson. They get beaten up and bloodied up. They're going to have a very bad day because they're already bloodied up. I think Zeus has yeah. been knifed. And I'll tell you what, this movie, I think a huge, huge, huge reason why this resonated massively with me as a kid, and probably lots of others as well, Mm. is like, this is a very Grand Theft Auto movie. And I mean that as in original, original Grand Theft Auto, you know, back in the day of the PC and the PS1. Because these lads are like fucking jumping in, getting into cars. You're right, yeah, phone boxes, Mm. bombs mysteriously planted everywhere. I remember playing GTA the first few times when I was a very young child. (laughs) And, you know, they're being like, you you get into a car and like, ah, there's a bomb in this car. Ah! You know, this is fucking ahead of its time because, you know, we watch a lot of these action movies, particularly on Cinema Swill, and it's like, oh, it just feels like they've played a video game. They're trying to transpose that. This is like a fucking, this is like getting video game designers wet behind the ears here. This is getting them all fucking frothy because this is a very fun mission style video gamey movie absolutely 100 percent. i don't know well i don't see how this couldn't have been an inspiration on loads of video games like oh it, it is must it absolutely yeah, yeah. is yeah um can i point out a solid gag please given that samuel l jackson's character is called zeus <laughs> john mcclane keeps calling him jesus because he thought that's what the other lads were calling him they were, they were just hey saying, zeus hey zeus I, I mean that's just a bit of fun that and I do like that. 
And that's a solid gag. Thank you very much. I think the two of them have very, very good chemistry, I think, throughout oh, the movie. Brilliant chemistry. And so, look, as much as Bruce Willis is doing proper Bruce Willis stuff, Sam Jackson doing full-on Sam Jackson stuff. Exactly what exactly. you expect yeah. and want. Who'd have thought Mario and Luigi had a bit of fucking banter <laughs> in the heyday of Nintendo? It's just two lads at the top of their profession doing themselves, and they're doing a good job at us. Exactly. Another character I love, the bomb guy in the police station, the bomb oh, expert. Yeah, I like this dude. A proper fun bomb nerd. Excited about bombs, loves talking about bombs, knows about bombs. Blow up his colleagues, you know? <laughs> it's one of those types of guys, you know? Kevin, this is like the 90s school of action logic with like bombs and things where he's just going, look, there's two liquids. If the liquids go together, it goes kaboom. And I'm like, that's what I need. I need the bad things to be red, the good things to be green, there to be zones and ooze and things. Look, if the liquids go down and they mix together, kaboom. That's all I want. That's all it's I need to know. very video gamey again, yeah. I'll say it, you know? And I'll tell you what, I loved as well that it's, it's a 90s movie, so you have to have the Mr. Psychologist coming in and uh, <laughs> attempting to analyze. Sorry for those of you at home who don't have the audio description turned on for this episode of Cinema Swirl, but there's some heavy air quotes going on here yeah, with yeah, this very supposed, oh, there they are again, psycho, oh, analyst, and another. I actually broke the word up into two words with their own <laughs> air quotes around them. That's how skeptical I was of this man's analysis. They're all listening in on the call with Simon, who seems pleased that John survived. Uh, he's kind of a bit annoyed that Zeus interrupted and interfered. He does a little bit of a stutter, which we then learn is kind of fake to kind of trick them into thinking all sorts of psychological things about him. John McLean's making fun of him. He's got bad attitudes. He's trying to rattle him. He just let him say his rhyme. It's about Brighton gay pigeons. Be nice. It's a, yeah, it's a fun rhyme. And John McLean gets reinstated as a cop. Didn't know he wasn't a cop, but he's now a cop again. Cool. You don't really need to have watched Die Hard or Die Hard 2, I don't think. Or, like, the only backstory that you need is, like, this is a cop, his wife is estranged, that's it. And also, it Pretty tells much. you all that anyway. Like, and he's he, hung over as well, like, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, the five-minute chat you'd be having with your dad beforehand to explain what you need to know for this movie would be very, very short indeed. You'd probably be yep. able to pop out and grab another Coca-Cola <laughs> in the meantime. I did like the bit as well where the chief is like, here, look, real talk, just between you and me. Leave him alone, and he'll probably either get fired or die on his own. Anyway, his wife thinks he's shit as well. <laughs> She doesn't like him at all. He's a fucking bollocks, mate. Yeah, just, you, know. you know. If you've got a problem with him, just let him live his life and it'll, it's all going shit anyway. Um, Zeus makes a great point about why he stepped in and why he saved John McClane. He's saying that if he'd have let a white cop die in Harlem by tomorrow, there'd be loads more white cops in Harlem with itchy trigger fingers. And there's, you know, there's some good, like, interesting racial tension stuff oh, going yeah, on this film. From, like, mid-90s. Some of it's a bit clunky and... We'll get to that later. Like, I don't begrudge it for bringing it up because it is kind of, you know, they are trying to make Zeus's character particularly be a little bit more fleshed out and not just be like yeah, yeah. a random fucking dude who's tagged along or whatever it is. Mm. It doesn't do much with these kind of interesting thoughts it brings up. It doesn't go much beyond Zeus has these thoughts, rightly so, about the police and how they act particularly in Harlem towards black people. Yeah. But he's just kind of like, John does a great job at saving everyone, so let's not worry about the minutiae of district-by-district district issues at the moment. Mm. Look at the bigger picture. And I think that's kind of like, it's a bit of a cop-out, you know? But, like, they could have just as easily just had him be, like, oh, a fucking angry sidekick, and that's that. And I'm glad yep. they didn't go that route. Like, he does have enough kind of character work to justify him being there. Did yes. you like the little Pulp Fiction reference they threw in for real fans like me who listen to the soundtrack on their German exchange? on loop. 
Did I miss it? Can you Did. explain the reference to me? I, I've been at home. I've been sitting on my ass, smoking cigarettes and watching Captain Kangaroo. And don't tell me I have nothing oh. to do. It's good to see you. I don't know. I don't oh. know. I don't know. In okay. a way my eyes are not accustomed to this light. I've been indoors wanking every hour <laughs> for six years. Uh, it's, it's that song. The one for the real likes. fans. Yeah, the, the real fans, fans yeah, over yeah. there. Don't come at me unless you know your fucking real music. <laughs> They've got another mission now. They sent another mission. They've got to be at a specific payphone at a specific time. Oh, this is really scary because they find out they got eyes in the sky. They can see them from up above. Ah, and there's explosives in the bin, but they're not just throwing That doesn't mean they're throwing them away because they're rubbish. They're in the bin and they're going to blow up and get all bin gunk everywhere. Oh, that's um, the literally the worst place to put a bin. Oh. You know, the, the worst place to put a bomb as well. Don't put a bin <laughs> near a bomb. And don't put a bomb in the bin. All right. <laughs> Both of those are awful. And he does a little... There was a man from St. Ives who had loads of wives. The wives go to the... Di- I love Bruce. He's like, ah, I've forgotten this. <laughs> that, that would be absolutely me. And I'll yeah. tell you what, this man's not got the cool head to prevail in an escape room. That's what I'm saying no. right now. He can save your five but- boroughs, but he's not getting five stars in the escape room. No way. <laughs> No. Whereas Zeus has the right idea. It's just like, sh- shut up, John. Shut up. Let me think about these numbers. And figures it out, figures out the actual answer, and then realises it's a trick question. And the answer is one. Quick question to you, Kevin. Is this just a really dark version of Taskmaster? Because... <laughs> well, the real answer was under the phone box all along. If you just looked there, you know... That's all it was. It genuinely does sometimes feel like that. I might want to do like a little fan edit on YouTube where this film is playing. It's do, 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 do. I do like when they scream bomb and they cause a huge fuss. And after it turns out to not be a bomb, some guy goes, yeah, welcome to New York and gives him a little bit of money. It's like, who's he like? The official New York tutorial man or something like that. It's absolutely uh, the 90s rather than 2000 and beyond this movie, you know? Yeah, I don't think you'd be screaming Oh, welcome to New York. <laughs> oh, I'm walking here eating a bagel. Come on. So they've, they've now, the bin thing was a scam. It was a goof. It wasn't real. They've now got to get 90 blocks away in New York in 30 minutes, which if you know anything about the roads here in New York, oh, you ain't, oh, it's traf- traffic in oh, New York. T- tone, it's chock-a-block. <laughs> You know, the special Sopranos extended edition where he hits kind of major traffic on the bridge going into the island and it's like, takes him a bit longer than you would have liked. (laughs) He has to go on to his second cigar and then he gets an upset tummy afterwards. Woke up this morning. Should have woken up a bit earlier this morning to beat the rush, mate, is what you should have done. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, Again, reminded me very much of Grand Theft Auto here with the the taxi getting a nice close shave and then him driving through a park. You know, that was... uh, pretty good stuff it's excellent stuff it's proper driving game stuff i understand why in the Die Hard trilogy video game they made this one the driving game because the driving stuff is so much fun oh baby it's fun yeah it's just really fast really fun driving stuff it absolutely feels video gamey it's, it's a blast it's a real blast sam don't say that when there's bombs all right so- sorry it's a Jesus. uh it's a fun time it's a good good drivey time it's an explosion vroom, vroom. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> So there's a mad dash to the hospital I think they need to go to next. That's where the the, the next bomb is. But then they find themselves in the subway. Yes. I don't think the New York subway system could deal with bombs. That feels like that would cause delays and difficulty. Yeah, and I think they've... 
did they do they split up at this point? I think they yes. split up because uh, John's heading for the bomb on the train. Zeus has got to go to a different phone booth, also on the subway. They reckon if they split up, they have a better chance of making it back to the phone on time. Yeah, but like when he's in the car, that's when the Wall Street man comes in and he's like, "You there, boy, drive me <laughs> to another part of Wall Street." Yeah, because he's in a taxi and the guy actually gets in trying to be a customer and he's a real dickhead about it. So it's fine that he's in danger. That's yeah, there's, funny. There's nothing that quite prick. puts fear in a taxi driver, even if you're a temporary taxi driver mm. like my man Zeus here than someone saying I'll have your medallion well the, th the thing is Zeus accidentally clicked in the analog stick and triggered <laughs> the taxi missions <laughs> So it's not actually that guy's fault. That's legitimate. <laughs> right. John McClane, he lifts up a, like a subway grate and then just jumps down onto a train. Is that actually feasibly possible in New York? Because that's amazing if it is, that you can just see down into the subway. I didn't well, know I'm that. I'm pretty sure, thing. you know, in Paris and the subway, you know, people just hop over, don't they? They go, and they hop over like that. I think in New York, it's just drop the same thing. You see, you just drop down. <laughs> you know, the one thing you didn't get was the meow, meow, meow sound effect yeah, that yeah. usually comes. Yeah. with that so he's there looking around through the smelly old train looking for mm. the bomb and he sees a police phone box get ready here's a good one coming up for you now this is very okay good. here we go more like a police blown box okay. blown up that is because there is a c4 bomb inside which is an explosive device yeah, and I reckon uh, that, that that bomb hidden inside that police call box uh, might be uh, bigger on the inside than it looks on the outside because the TARDIS from Doctor Who is a police call box and that's... that's Honestly, I don't know what that that's, means. That's bigger on the... the, tar the Wait, you tell me that fucking freak English doctor is <laughs> flying around with a bomb. <laughs> Jesus fucking Do Christ. That, no, that's Doctor Boom. That's Doctor Boom. Oh, He's... Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, so, right. <laughs> Zeus is trying to get access to a specific phone booth. He kind of tells someone to go away who's on the phone. He needs to be at this phone at this time. But then he gets in trouble with a subway cop. So he's got a oh, cop pointing a gun at him. He had an itchy trigger finger, didn't oh, he? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And he doesn't even understand, mate, the Ribena is mixing, all right? There's fucking <laughs> big shit going on here. Yeah, the cop looked like nervous, but in a dangerous way. You know, <laughs> that kind of horrible thing. So McLean manages... So you get the explosive device and then he gets to the he goes to the back of the train and sure it's a, a big bomb out the rear and that's me after a big curry is what it is boom a big explosion and you know yeah. all your carriages fall off yes yeah you kind of <laughs> jackknife into a weird shape and slide all along the floor boom yeah, he, he managed to just chuck the bomb out of the back of the train before it explodes and that knocks everything it kind of jackknifes into the station knocks everything over uh, and because they split up and they weren't at the phone booth at the same time both of them they failed the task anyway oh that's what blew up the bomb but yeah John McClane coming out of the wreckage laughing what a cool dude what a cool I know, dude. Right? And there's at least four times, I think, in this movie where it's like, here, you know what you've done there? You've given me the action movie finale of the dude coming out covered in shit being like, you know, like, you know, Ethan at the end of Mission Impossible yeah, or yeah. Like, oh, coming out of the wreck or whatever. And they give us that like four times in the movie. And it works because it's John McClane. And there's something about John McClane where it's like, I don't know, from the original Die Hard, I'm sure you remember, it's all about you know, him being, he's very, very relatable because he's got fucking sore feet. And he's, you know, there's, you know, there's lots of horrible little human touches. Yeah. And I think having these superhuman moments with this guy, you're still like, oh, I bet his feet are sore. That really works here. I think later on the Die Hard movies that come afterwards, it kind of loses that touchstone of the original. Yeah. But I remember when watching this, the original movie is still kind of 
of in my head always. And that's why I love that, hey, it's overindulgent as hell, but it works. You know, mm. this is John McClane at the peak of his John McClane-ness. So yeah, fucking blow him up 10 times in the movie and have him go, God damn it. You know, fucking great. Yes. Like I erroneously thought this movie was ending three times. <laughs> and I was so happy when I was like, no, no, no. Nope. The tunnel's only the halfway point. That's how Mission Impossible ends, not this movie. And think about how bad those bombs and blasts are going to be for his headache, you know? That, oh, right. Oh, the whole time, thumping headache on that poor lad. Oh, It's an anti-prairie oyster is what it is, which right. is something I've enjoyed recently, not as a hangover cure. I just like a spicy yolk. Oh, good, good for you. It's a good one. Not an oyster fan. I know, that's why you should have a prairie oyster. It's an egg what is yolk. It? It's an it's egg, an egg yolk. yolk. Worcester oh. sauce, salt, pepper, Tabasco, bam, oh. down the hatch. Oh. Fucking amazing. Because oh. you got all that tangy spice and then a creamy yolk mellows it out. It's fucking good. And glossy coat as well. There you go. There you go. There's Kevin's That's your cooking, cooking tip, tip of the episode. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Boom. The FBI slash police or whoever. It's the FBI and I quote, another agency. Ah, oh, those guys. They think they might know who the guy is who's doing this. They've got some pictures. Yeah, it's an obscure colonel and a freelance terrorist. And that is a tag team from the 80s waiting to happen. And it's Jeremy Irons. Oh, as, uh, the real Iron Man's in the house. <laughs> as Simon Simon says, it turns out he's Hans Gruber from the first one's brother. Now, were you suspecting that from the German accent earlier on? Were you expecting that? No, didn't even put two and two together. It doesn't feel like a movie that would be like, you know, having plot points from previous movies brought in. That's why it's such a shock. It's like, what? But- you made <laughs> reference to the other one. It's very kind, though, because it really does a kind of previously on Die Hard, and then you see a little flashback <laughs> ah! to, like, Hans- ah! Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what I did appreciate at this point in the movie. Our two protagonists were very dirty, and I just thought that was great. Yeah, Fucking filthy. Yeah, yeah. You would be, wouldn't you, if you'd been you in would. a subway explosion and you'd been sweaty in a hot... It's a hot town. You've got to remember, it's somewhere it in the city. And this is back yeah. in the days of practical effects. Oh, these days, they probably fucking get an app up and do a CGI Instagram filter and probably that's how they do it. Yeah. You know what they did back then? They blew up the New York subway for real, yeah? And everyone yeah. in New York was like, you know what? It's worth it. It's fine because they're making a proper movie that's dealing with race issues and we need to move on as a society. Blow it up. The backs of their necks are literally dirty and gritty. It's not effects, you know? <laughs> They're having a hard time. So Simon's ringing up again. Also, I think, uh-oh. At this point, right, don't answer. Just leave, leave him. Let him Screen leave an answer phone message or something. Yeah. yeah. Just. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I do something. No, I do something. I set the voicemail to be, hello? What? <laughs> nah. Oh, man. Let me tell you, no one was, no one was rushing to leave this guy a voicemail when he was 18 years old. Let me tell you. Um, so he's calling. He's apparently put some explosives in a mystery school. A mystery school? And John McClane and Zeus, they've got to complete these tasks. Otherwise, a school goes boom. There's also a thing where it's like, oh, you FBI, stay off your radios because the radio detonator, you know, reacts to your frequencies or some just some excuse to make it more complicated and more Sam, difficult for guess them. what i don't know if i mentioned this before but it, it, it struck true to home because my school had a bomb threat back in the day mm. and it was not fun because they refused to tell us that it was a bomb threat so you had five ah. or six hundred people all stood out like it was a fire drill for three hours slowly realizing it was probably a bomb threat and oh, anytime geez. someone said the word bomb threat one of the would shh stop no <laughs> because they thought that it would like spread like wildfire we'd go bomb threat 
school summer. You know, we properly, you know, get Alice Cooper about it. So, did a John McClane figure turn up and try and save the day? Or no, did it just interesting. I was thinking about this the other night, right? Yeah. I think I may have told this story on the podcast before, mm-hmm. but it, this has actually happened at this point because I believe a fight did break out during that between boys, oh, unrelated, all right. boys' skill, everyone getting all angry. They started fighting, possibly about the bomb threat. And yeah. then one of the teachers whose job, you have a teacher whose job, is to drive the van as well a van teacher you know one of those teachers who drives the van no but i'm going with you there's a teacher who will drive the van as well (laughs) and uh he saw this happening and this was a teacher in some position of responsibility Mm. so during the bomb threat we're all stood up for two or three hours waiting this lad sees the fight and he drove the van right up and skidded it right in front of all the students to make him stop fighting and it was a gravel driveway and it went everywhere this guy didn't chip his glasses and he was very fortunate to not have done so but yeah bomb threat zero out of ten experience john right. mcclain did not show up instead a man broke up a fight with a van i mean that sounds dangerous that van approach that's i don't think he should be doing that it's fucking ridiculous absolutely yeah. ridiculous the police have deduced that they're at least allowed to search the schools but that simon says they can't evacuate the schools otherwise he'll blow it up so they're off to go and search all of the schools all so they rope the in like all of the fucking police and public services and everything to go and search every school in new york and now they have bought it hook line and sinker and there's fucking hell let me tell you the big reveal here because simon's got a fake american voice he's got all sorts at his fingertips including big garbage trucks yeah 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 he's got a, a fleet of garbage trucks which are Again, very video gamey, driving the big trucks around, you know, that heavy steering. I just want to point out, there's a lad in, a, I think, a police station or something with the worst fitting shirt I've ever seen. There's just one little character who just <laughs> wears a really bad, unflattering shirt. And then a, a, a woman in response to him being like, oh, yeah, we got to man all these calls today because everything's been diverted. And she's like, and I'm going to marry Donald Trump. And it just doesn't doesn't sit the same now you know that kind of thing back when he was just a mogul oh they've ruined it now haven't they (laughs) you know and now you know this new york is a new york that canonically features donald trump you're like not point not not one percent less invested in the city not being blown to kingdom come it's some proper super villain shit right here and let me tell you there's more than a few movies cough cough the dark knight that have liberally borrowed all the the fucking visuals of this you know people going oh oh that dark knight it was very like heat wasn't it very like mike like heat very like heat michael Manzi. no one fucking was this is die hard, die hard three. With vengeance yeah but yeah, still yeah. label on the side of that dump truck it's basically the same thing they're all going to a garbage dump anyway drop your children off at the dump <laughs> aka the school <laughs> beep, beep, beep. simon he slipped in to the subway as a fake building crew to fix the damage i think so down into the subway they go so they're able to now tunnel down right because the bomb that has went off on the subway which is one of the yeah. few bombs that they do legitimately detonate and aren't just gag bombs this bomb is blown up because it then knocks off the security system of the currency exchange place which allows them to then start breaking into it so all right. of the mad bomber shit is a backdrop for them to do a big heist that does also require them to do at least one or two legitimately mad bombs i mean i don't want to say any bomb is sane but this 
it's, no, it's but these not are like legit a, mad bombs. I'm gonna bomb. They're doing it because they want the money. They want the money. Yeah. And there's something like I don't want to say disappointing about it, but like anytime a super villain's just like, I did it for the money, man. I'm like, mm, you're not the Joker, Simon Gruber. Yeah, and you never will be. No. And there's a bit at the start where it's like, you know, I don't care about money. Money would make me sad, but really, he wants. But but then there's a bit at the end where it seems like he doesn't want the money, but he. But he does want the money. I just need to quickly Google something. We're going to Wembley, kick the ball. We're playing football. We're the best at scoring goals. We're going to score a fucking goal. We'll score more goals and your team's going to lose. Boy! That song is playing in the background during all of this, and it's a good choice. I forgot the melody, so I had to Google the melody. So I remember. Google the melody? Well, because I, I, I figured out what the song was and then found out what it was called and put that in my notes. So then I Googled that to then bring it up to hear it. Wait, so you listened to it? You did like look at like notes and are like fucking. No, no, no. Yeah, hey, look, fellow non musical people like me at home, hey, maybe okay. you're not at the point where you deleted all of your music because you've no time for music as well. But do you also I, I, feel I can't, I still, shut up, you fucking weirdo? All right. Still do, you so all, do you also? Do you also get? Uh, I don't know. This is this is legitimate. I'm not sure if it's because yeah. of the choices I've made in my life. But do you ever get like physically sick or like feel unwell when someone is like, ah, yes, music, and they look at it and they kind of they get the tune in their head. That for yeah. me is like. It's fucking disgusting, honestly. (laughs) Hear it properly, hummus. None of this fucking coded message bollocks. No, I I didn't do that. I'm not at that level. Good. Don't you ever (laughs) dare get... But also, the idea of reading music doesn't make me sick. I'm I'm (laughs) capping you right now. Don't you get any better. (laughs) Um, Look, this is proper movie heist stuff. This tunneling into a big bank with shitloads of fucking gold in a massive reserve yes I please when they go down into the basement the, the fucking security guard who goes full rambo like you've decided to go crazy on an ep- on the bank level in hitman this guy just fucking pulls out the ak it was ridiculous and there's yeah. a knifey lady as well yes that's simon's partner i believe she her whole thing is just looking pretty intimidating and slashing people with a cool weapon look sam it's the mid 90s it's time to fucking move on from the sausage fests of the past and it's the mid 90s so let's get an empowered very sexy woman with a knife and make people just kind of go is that is that stabbing meant to be sexy because i was thinking about that for most of the knifings here going was that one meant to be sexy was that one meant because none of it did anything for me if i'm not gonna lie i'm a fork and spoon man i don't know anything about this knife business (laughs) and speaking of sexy simon jeremy irons he's got his own vest he's got a little blue vest that he's wearing now (laughs) so we've got two hunks with vests jeremy irons in the contract stated (laughs) that he would get to be wearing the tank top as well and bruce willis would have have to share the spotlight yeah that's a proper like little brother mum says we have to play a two-player game thing like the, the director <laughs> says i get to wear a vest too as yeah so he he wears one as well we got lots of gold here as well uh, 140 lots- billion dollars worth mate that's going to cause a headache. Back in the 90s, that was worth loads. <laughs> Could you imagine the big wet bike the government will take out of your arse when you put that in your bank account? <laughs> Oh, God, it doesn't bear thinking about. It doesn't bear Um, worth thinking about at all. Meanwhile, McLean and Zeus, remember them, they find a bomb in the park. 
Oh, this is a riddle bomb, isn't it? A little riddle bomb that has a little screen that says, I'm a bomb, you've just armed me, which is quite cute. You know, you're saying like, not all bombs are sane. Some bombs are kind of cute, because this bomb was like, I'm a bomb, and now I'm armed. And I'm out here telling you to reject the cute, sane fucking dynamic, like you have to be one and the other. <laughs> uh, you can be one or the other is what I'm saying. Sam, do you want to know something really funny about this riddle bomb? Yeah. This please. has been a great episode for me getting flashpoints from my childhood. On a school tour once, mm. I went on when I was eight years old, and yeah. the school tour went to one of these places where it's like, it's an adventure park, but it's in the deprived Midlands of Ireland at the moment, so there's not a lot of stuff in it. There's a couple of swings and a, a wall you can climb on. But all right. throughout the disappointing day at the adventure park, inverted commas, our guide was fucking beside himself. He had a big owl smile, this man in his mid-40s, because he was like, we've got something special. There's a big finale coming up, guys. Big finale. Don't you worry. You might be bored now about running around in the puddle, but there's a big finale coming up later on. I know there's only one football, but there is one big finale coming up later and you're all going to love it. Okay. Cut forward to an hour or two later when 35 eight-year-old children were presented with the exact bomb puzzle that John McClane and Zeus are. The drug puzzle. Yeah, and the guy who clearly just seen Die Hard with a Vengeance and I was like, I don't want to give too much away, but it's about a certain movie that brackets <laughs> none of us should have seen at that point in time. Yeah. None of us should have seen <laughs> And he was like, right, figure it out. Now, I was racking my brain trying to remember if he presented it like it was a bomb, like the adventure park was going to blow up <laughs> if we 30-some children failed uh, to do it. Yeah. But he sat there in frustration as all... I mean, I'll tell you right now from teaching kids, you can't just go, right, 30 kids, fucking figure it out. You got to get teams, mixed ability yeah, yeah, groups. Yeah, yeah. You got to line them up. You got to take ideas. You got to make them think that they're figuring it out. We were just dropped in the fucking deep end and no one knew what to do. And anytime we were about to do something wrong he was like no 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 and then in the end he just solved the puzzle for us in front of us and then was like Did you get it and everyone was like no <laughs> and that was it i broke my arm on that fucking skill trip as well oh, fuck no. him it was his fault oh, because you were picking up a, a jug that had too many gallons of water. no sam because i entered an enhanced state of disappointed boredom that right. I then became reckless and ah. fell and broke my arm. Oh, dear. Well, I mean, much like your situation, I watched them solve this Taskmaster task and still <laughs> didn't... Which is, like, you can picture Bob Mortimer and Ashley B, like, doing this. I still didn't really understand how to do it. I still don't now. And I, you know what? I don't want to know. I don't want to know. They spelled it out to me, and I don't get it. I can do this, but I need a pen and paper. That's right. all yeah, I'll yeah. say. I will yeah. need it. And you know what, folks? I don't have it because contrary to popular belief, I don't use a pen and paper for this podcast. It's a digital notebook where I write down every word that I have to say and Sam has to say as well. <laughs> is, that, is that not right, Sam Chaplin? Yes, it is right. Thank you, Kevin. Ha ha ha. Good one, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> we mentioned the kind of race issue dynamic going on. Oh, this is where Brucey baby calls him, calls Zeus or calls Sam racist. Jackson a racist. <laughs> you hate me because I'm white. You're a racist. I mean, it's a terrible argument, but that's where we've got to with this. It's amazing that some people's argument hasn't advanced much since uh, <laughs> 1994 or whatever this was. <laughs> So they get another riddle under the fountain because they've solved the jug 
situation. And these lads, right, John McClane, he's a cop, a detective, whatever he is. Still a bobby on the beat, though, Sam, ultimately. Oh, absolutely. But in order to figure out what's really going on here, it takes a New York kid stealing sweets to say, come on, man, all the cops are into something. It's Christmas time. You could steal City Hall. Uh, For him to go, oh, uh, they're diverting all the attention away. Many an epiphany in New York gumshoe has had while reprimanding errant chip boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, tell you where it doesn't have schools. Wall Street. Ah. Because that's where the money lives and no children. <laughs> so there's no no schools near the money, please. But there's loads of banks. They were a step ahead of me because when they were like, what doesn't Wall Street have? And they was like, uh. And then they're like, what does Wall Street have shitloads of? And I was like, windows. <laughs> oh, no. Money. Walls. Ah. <laughs> Proper GTA fucking San Andreas shit here when they pop on the on the, the pedal bikes to get to their destination. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, it's cute. So Zeus, right, he gets there, accidentally goes to fake cops that were set up by Simon to... Yeah, they're just covered. He, they're, yeah, they're, they're covered for the Wall Street shenanigans. He gives the diffused bomb that was probably a fake bomb to the fake cops... Yeah, thinking they're real cops, and then they're like, what do we do with it? And they just leave it on the side of the road. That's how they know that they're dirty cops, bro. But then one of the fake cops is like, oh, come on, man, a kid could find that. Which is what Zeus was saying earlier when they left the bomb in the thing. So that's a nice little sweet moment that maybe, hey, the, <laughs> these guys are so... Yeah, no, and I don't right. know why they made us think that, because literally within 10 minutes, John McClane is butchering these lads in cold blood. <laughs> uh, yeah, and look, they've proper, you know, given themselves away, because when he's coming down... Oh, it's raining like the dogs and cats, Sam, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry, and what's a lift? I'm a New York dandy. I only use elevators. Riding the lift. Come on, mate. So big shootout in the elevator. That little bit reminded me of the... Is it in Glorious Bastards where there's the three rather than three when you're holding up the wrong fingers? Anyway, uh, this guy's giving himself away. Sam, is there any best of British Bobby Dazzler phrase that I could potentially bungle up that would end in me being uh, slaughtered by one of your police? Uh, a best of British phrase. Or what if he asked, he'd be like, so do you like daddy or chips? And I was like, right out the pocket with an answer. He's like, you didn't agonise. <laughs> A bit of how's your father? You might not understand what that is. You might say, oh, just going down the pub for a bit of how's your father. And they'll be like, I can, you know. I'll, I'll turn around and be like, he's great, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Neutralized. <laughs> So, big shootout in a tiny elevator. That's absolutely what we want. Thank you very much. I called it a juicy shootout because there was a lot of... Oh, so much juice in there. John, you need to rest your meat before serving it. There's another tip for you because it was an uncooked tip earlier on. It's already cooking, is it? Double whammy. He comes out splattered in blood and Zeus is down there too. And very cute that Zeus is carrying around a little spare bar of gold. Aww. And it, look, he, he fucking deserves it after all of this. He like, deserves two. If you don't come out of this with a little spare bar of gold, uh, that's not fair. But it, all, it immediately gets abandoned in the back seat of a car that they have to ditch. I want to feel the weight of a bar of gold. I want to well, feel it. I've never felt heavy, it. I want to feel. I know it is, but I want to. I want to feel it. I want to hold a bar of gold. What would you do with it though? Because like, I feel like if I have a bar of gold, it's only a matter of time before I throw it through a window. <laughs> it just feels like. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> It just feels like it'd be fun. I don't know why. <laughs> like, 
I write I write a note on it and throw it through my own window. Like. <laughs> I don't know if it makes sense as a business proposition to buy a bar of gold and then let people pay to just hold it for a bit and kind of feel the weight of it and throw it and you know. Sam, this is a film review podcast. We do not give financial sorry uh, uh, tips. <laughs> that's, on not, this. that's not financial. Only advice. only food <laughs> advice on occasion. Okay, but what about those little scrapings of gold that wankers put on food? What about that? You know, put that on top of some steak or something and sell that. Is that cooking? Is no. that financial advice? No, yes, it is. You it know? is financial yeah. advice. Don't no. do that is the advice. Don't There's do it. 14 big dump trucks heading out with 14 dumps of gold <laughs> in the back seas. And I don't know about you, Sam, but I figured that... <laughs> I thought as a child this was absolutely taken as gospel. I don't know what you think now. Sticking mm. a scalpel in the ignition and just turning it, making a car go vroom. I don't know if that is a surefire way to make a car activate films in the 90s made hot wiring or jump starting cars look fucking easy and i don't think it's like that nice even back then i don't think it was like that they need to find the 21st president that is the key to deciphering the school of bombs yes which is way less fun than the school of rock but you got to remember back then no one had wikipedia you know you couldn't just look at well did they when was wikipedia you couldn't you could have looked it up on the internet but then you'd have to go to an internet cafe to kind of google that information was google even a thing would you have to go on web rings i don't know you couldn't make a movie like this anymore because the plot would not be sustainable with the lack of tension no you'd just you get your phone out and you figure it out easy sorry simon no gold for you They are heading to the aqueduct, which is an immediate yes. great idea in my mind because all action movies should have tunnel sequences. Absolutely. And I love the fact that in order to make everyone go wild, Simon calls into a talk radio show to say, uh, oh, um, my brother works for the police and there's a school bomb somewhere. There's, they've said they don't know which school it is to send everyone into a frenzy and to really fuck shit up. He's in a hot town frenzy in the old town yep. tonight. John McClane, while he's heading down with a buddy, a truck buddy who he's gained as an ally in this late <laughs> movie scene. There's something about John McClane donning a high-vis vest and a hard hat and then just going over and shooting the first person he sees <laughs> that was really funny to me. It's like, very funny. I yeah. know we can get away with anything on The Real Hustle with the high-vis vest, but my God, he Which... just gunned some people down in an aqueduct. But the, look, passers-by would just think that's normal behaviour because of the high-vis. You know what my biggest fear in the world is, Sam, is that someday... Mm. Not that I would be caught in a John McClane jape or an adventure. I don't think that's yeah. in me. I don't think I'll ever have that happen to me. But if, say, someone else near me was, like, murdering loads of people and they turn around and go, I need you to get my captain in this precinct. Go call him now. Who the fuck are you calling? Like, <laughs> do you know how many... I couldn't even get in touch with Weber to get the handle for my fucking barbecue. I meant to be getting some fucking captain from some precinct in New York. No way. No, too complicated. Don't ask members of the public to do any of that. I told the people at Weber that if they didn't send my handle, I would mention it on my podcast. And week one, mention one. Next episode won't be as nice. Kevin mentioned this handle. <laughs> fiasco barbecue Bible. I've got no fucking handle. They sent me an apron. Give me my handle. We had a chat about this pre-recording. <laughs> I, I know. Oh, I know the great irony that, that Kevin hasn't got a handle on this situation. Ha 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 ha. Big joke on him. <laughs> All right. But it's a matter of my wits end now. <laughs> 
I'm going on holiday. And I swear to God, uh, all I'm going to be thinking about is that the whole fucking time. <laughs> it's going to ruin the trip. If there's any barbecues <laughs> on this holiday, I'll be fucking uh, livid. Oh, Zeus is going down to Yankee Stadium in the meantime as well to find a little box that says uh, game over on I it. I think he's going to see a ball game, probably. <laughs> Play me out to the ball game. They're sending them there to kill them, but he doesn't get sniped because it's just him. So he's still fine. Still in the game, baby. And Simon radios back to the guard at the back of the line in the aqueduct truck dump situation. But John McClane's killed him, so he's on the radio saying Nils is dead. So in order to kill John McClane... They blow the dam and try and drown him. Damn, damn, the whole thing. So now we've got John McClane in a dump truck. Sorry, he's surfing that dump truck, Sam. Come on now. (laughs) Fucking cowabunga, John McClane surfing a dump truck. That is the vibe of the summer right there. I'm John McClane surfing a dump truck through an exploding aqueduct. And welcome to Jackass. It's (laughs) real fun. John McClane versus Running Water is a fight I want to see. He shoots out of a manhole like he's in a cartoon whale. It's fucking brilliant. Hey, I think most of the effects in this are practical and nothing looks ropey or silly. I think some of the water stuff looks a little bit weird here, but it's absolutely fine. And him shooting out of the ground, out of an aqueduct, into a big puddle. Coming out like he's a clogged pore. It was fucking amazing. Fucking funny, man. That's good stuff. Just in time for Zeus to find him. And just in time as well, they figured out who the 21st president of the United States of America was. It was Chester J. Arthur, who was also notable for being the first president in office to play the band. Which is my Ah! fun presidential fact, of which I have literally a dozen. You love presidential stuff. You had a big book of presidents. I do. I love presidents, and I was very happy to thumb through it and figure out something fun for the fans of Cinema Swirl. You would have been fine in this situation. You would have probably known, right? I mean, I or had to guess. You probably don't know the numbers. I don't really know the numbers, but I guess it was like halfway through. So I was thinking, you know, he would have been one of six that I could have guessed with, okay. with a grain of salt in my pocket. Who was the 29th? Just, gi- just give me a guess. Who do you reckon? Mm, you know, Hoover's too soon. Woodrow Wilson? I'm afraid it's Warren G. Harding. And, oh, fuck uh, you, Harding. Who do you have a fucking beast? <laughs> I'm afraid you leave here with nothing, Kevin, but thank you for playing. We'll see you next time on which Woodrow Wilson was, was 28th. Oh, How okay, fucking good okay. am I? How That's pretty good. How many fucking American? <laughs> That's fucking amazing. That's pretty good. That's I've got to get good. a green card for that, right? <laughs> right? I think so. Yeah, look, we'll give you a plus one, minus one margin of error. Kevin wins the money, goes yeah. home. With a bolt for his barbecue so he could uh, use his handle. And for those of you at home who are still listening in, how do you feel, Kevin? Well, I certainly feel more effective than the 28th president of the United States, (laughs) Woodrow Wilson at the League of Nations. That's all I'll say about that. Thank you very much. Very good. good Thank you. That's going to do it for another episode of Cinema (laughs) Swirl, guys. We'll be back. More presidents, more financial info, more cooking tips. Keep it here on Cinema Swirl. Boo! A big shout out to all the patrons who made this happen this week. We're going to list them all now. <laughs> the school bomb is apparently going off at Zeus's nephew's school. The little kids from the start. Should so. have went to the Woodrow Wilson primary, I told you. <laughs> and I love that the bomb nerd, remember the bomb nerd, the man oh, who loves he bombs? Great. He had his moment to shine, Sam. Who sort of dresses like Aid Edmondson in bottom, but is a, a little bit chunkier. <laughs> he's got a real he's got a real fun vibe to he it. He does. He's, he's, got, he's got that energy. He gets his time to shine. I love that. I love that for a little minor character. He gets to deal with this high pressure situation and try and defuse the bomb. And there's lots of pressure because some of the kids are still inside. There's lots of running yeah. around and ads. 
yeah. But let me tell you, that Energizer bunny, John McClane, is still in the game. Yeah, I mean, now... The- <laughs> This, this Right, this film is wild because they're now on a ship, I think. They're now yes. going to get from a bridge to a ship, swinging down on cables off a crane. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I assume when I go to London and I see a million cranes, that at least mm. one of them is for the purposes of webheads wanting to swing around like John McClane. Yeah, I mean, this feels like a rich kid who's got all the toys in the kind of New York City set and he's just mushing them all together to try and make an action film. I want him to swing from the crane onto the ship from the bridge. Okay, Timmy. Off, yeah, I mean, off we go. your seven-year-old nephew playing with the big Lego set has got similar script points as Die Hard 3. That's all yes. I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, the swinging on the cables looks great. These two lads, they fall from a distance that definitely should have killed them, but who cares? This is just so much damn fun. We're going between the ship and the school, and I'll tell you what, there was a one-two punch here that fucking floored me. I was laughing so much. Yeah. When they managed to make the big bomb appear on the ship, which is this big, massive, fucking supersized giant jug i laughed a lot i don't know why seeing a big jug just makes me laugh honestly (laughs) the only thing that could make me laugh more is they sloshed it around a little bit that was really funny (laughs) but then when the bomb guy realizes that the bomb he's diffusing is just full of pancake syrup that made it even funnier look at this really big jug of pancake syrup yeah but you've been down costco as well (laughs) those delicious beef hot dogs as well uh i keep having to remind myself by the way that zeus is literally just a civilian off the street and he's going through all of this and he's, he's still doing deputized, it has he no and it, it, i think at any point it would have been fair enough for him to be like ah fuck this i'm i can't i'm not doing this but he sticks with it and you know what fair enough give him a bar of gold for his trouble i would have been straight to the cash converters of that bar of gold get my 10 pounds John McClane, at some point here, has a face-off with the kind of sub-villain, not yeah, yeah. the real villain. There's a kind of other bloke that's the not Jeremy Irons. Command. yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have a fight. I can't really remember how that goes down. He's kind of on a bit of a rampage here. I wrote down that he was yeah. stabbing, chaining, threatening, murder, left, right and centre when he was on this. But what happens is he comes face-to-face, he loses the fight, I think he gets... The, they get tied up after this fight. He comes face-to-face with Simon. Yes. And he's like... By the way, your brother yes. sucked balls. And I was fucking, oh, uh, Simon, get him here. This fucking jug-headed, stupid fucking idiot cop here. He said all this fucking ham-fisted racist shit throughout the movie. You know, in fairness now, you know, and then he called him a dumb Irish flatfoot. And I was back on Team McLean going, hang on a second here now. <laughs> That's not fair. I think this German lad. I think we should dig up his brother and kill him again and throw him up. Let's go get a fucking couple of flashlights and a shovel and throw that that big lump of sod that's got a fucking decayed corpse and a coffin it. Throw that off Nagasaki Tower and watch it go boom, a big fucking mushroom Yay. cloud of dust and ashes and demons. Your souls shit, going your on. shit, your shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it'll kill you as well, the brother. Yes. So, the, right, let me try and drill down into what the plan is. The plan, and again, this sounds like a child's plan, is to blow up all the gold yeah. and sink it into the river slash see whatever that is in new york and so but they tie zeus and john to it and his his last last request is um can i have some aspirins for my bad headache because i got a goddamn headache that would make my wife turn asshole (laughs) 
I got a goddamn headache that make my wife remarry me, <laughs> then divorce me all over again because I'm an asshole. I love this scene where they're all tied up and they're trying to do the, you know, like this is this felt like very like the Marvel movie of its day, where it's like we probably have seen this situation a million times, but someone making mm. light of it in 1995 was like, wow, you know, they drop the fucking pick to get oh, out yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah. this just this kind of thing where it's like hey we're not immediately getting out of the scrape that makes us feel like and it's really funny thing this made it feel like a whole more grounded reality show more grounded yeah. reality movie even though this is fucking boo-boo bananas from start to finish there's a reason why i did a little laugh there was that i just i remembered that i'd recently rewatched the claw of shame episode of nathan for you <laughs> <laughs> and there is a little bit where he, he drops the he little... fumbles <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, excellent stuff. But yeah, the containers, right, they don't have gold in, so it's a ruse. It's a, The, the sub-villain guy has rumbled this, but the Simon's sexy lady with the fancy knife kills the sub-villain baddie guy. She's in on it, so he's gone. So they're not actually blowing up the gold. Yeah, it was just they're, to cut out their, their team. That was all. Right. Okay. There we and go. And what I love about keeping this, the gold. this was very big fucking, this was very big Danny DeVito in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia vibes here, where for some reason Jeremy Irons was like, hello, everyone. I am back. I'm the villain. We have enough money to buy our own country. Hey, now I'm going to get me some of that sweet knife lady. And we just get a really fucking intense little sex scene with these two just like we gotta see the villain get his fucking dick wet (laughs) i guess he has his little victory sex with his wife or whatever and i just think fine you do that that's all right but you had to have shown me hands getting it on in the first movie because this just feels like unfinished business now. I want yeah. to know how Alan Rickman makes love in character as Hans Gruber. And I'm just kind of guessing, based on his brother's performance, which I think I would be at best inferring what would be that would be like, you know? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, by the way, I, I think you, you did mention this, but like Zeus and John, they do get away and they get out of this situation and they're safe, but they're just like, uh, I guess we... <laughs> I guess we lost and we didn't win. And Zeus is like, oh, I'll give your ex-wife a call. It's fine. We did the best we could. Okay. But he fucking Sherlock's it by looking at the aspirin bottle <gasps> and somehow figures out where they are based <laughs> on where the aspirin has come from. Um, I don't really understand that. Look, Sam, what's fine. important is, is that the moment when two men are on a boat you believe is going to explode with their hands tied behind their back about to escape is not the finale. No, the finale is when they go, let's just go get this motherfucker and we get fucking <laughs> helicopters and the trucks. Having birds a- everywhere. Yeah, these fucking yeah. birds are cooked, baby. And he's like, say hello to your brother. And I swear to God, the electric cable that falls into this chopper gets caught mm. up. It's like them twirly fireworks, except there's two human beings inside. <laughs> it's a, and he's like, yeah, motherfucker, yippee, skippy, yay, yay, goddamn <laughs> asshole. <laughs> it's like, yeah. honestly, it prefaces the low energy nature of some of his later performances. Like he was so spent at the end of this movie, just like, yeah, dippity doo da, <laughs> So great. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a real fun little cap off to this film that the final showdown is basically but, just. But, but Brucey, baby, your your ex wife's on the phone. Yeah, fuck her too. Yippity dee dab, motherfucker. It's a fun little ending. Scatman like... John McLean, that is. <laughs> yeah, there's a little whirly bird battle. He wins. He doesn't get shot. It's fine. That bird was cooked, baby. Bird gets cooked. 
The end. Credits. Fun time had by all. The baddies gone. Baddies dead. Baddie blown up. Hey, and you know what, you. Sam? This is a movie that was, I think, into two hours 15. It was a chunky old fucking film indeed. Yeah, quite a long boy. Lots of false finishes, because I was literally kind of, you know, <laughs> I was dusting myself off and getting up ready to make him a fucking lunch a couple of times while watching this. Ah, ah, yeah. ah. There's a lot of false finishes, which oftentimes, in video games, it always pisses me off mm. if I get multiple false finishes. In the movies, eh, I had non-stop fun start to finish. Yeah. Non-stop? Oh, oh. it was an absolute riot, this film. Fun, action packed the action looks great the performances were great the big explosions were cool from an effect standpoint it doesn't have the kind of neatness of the original die hard where it's like hey we're in a tower ground floor top floor baddies no i know that's so simple you know but and this is like ah here there da, da, da. but there's so many action movies where it feels like they're taking you on that high speed journey of going here there and everywhere but it doesn't feel like they're like ah we have to go here it's just like we're going here now oh shit here it goes and then they're there Whereas this, yeah. the fact that we jumped around to 20 different places, it felt like part of the story. And as everyone was getting sweatier and grosser as the movie went on, it just became more yeah. frantic and enjoyable. Look, and as a big fan of Taskmaster, I enjoyed the kind of <laughs> riddle nature of this. And the kind of... City-wide Taskmaster, Sam, is what it was. I think the wild goose chase chaos of this is a real part of the fun. Whereas, uh, Sam, the wild goose chase was more than worth a gander, if you don't mind me <laughs> saying so. And let me tell you, that bird is cooked. The fact that in a different film, that kind of chaotic, oh, where are they now? Who are they talking to? What's going on? Would feel confusing and kind of strange. Here, that's part of it. That's a deliberate, like, you know, they are running around. They are trying yeah. to solve everything at once. Who's lying? Who's, you know, actually tunneling under the fucking city, under the guise that there's a bomb over here. It's a lot of fun. It's a real fun, engaging, action-packed, good time. Is it a romp? Or because we're dealing, even though ham-fistly, because we deal with yeah. you know, racial tensions and fucking, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, in inverted <laughs> commas, deal with, you know? I think, honestly, the way they deal with that is, uh, you know, Samuel Jackson's character making some real good points at the start. John McClane saying, you're racist because you don't like me because I'm white. And then by the end, then both being like, we good? Yeah, we're great. We're friends <laughs> the end, now. like, throws before hoes, though, am I right? <laughs> Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Da, 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 da. Hey, I mean, it, it sort of starts to touch on some stuff and then doesn't really go anywhere with it. But I guess at the same time, you know, it's a diehard movie and the key thing here is just, you know, the action and the and the drama of it. It's not... Well, well, is there anything about it that kind of maybe hampered the enjoyment? You're, you know, is there anything that this movie wasn't uh, that you were hoping it would be? Well, no, because I was, I was just thinking that it's not necessarily... It's plot-rich, but is it character-rich? But then the characters are great, you know? And the, the dynamic between, you know, Samuel Jackson and, and Bruce Willis is, is fantastic, and it, it develops over time. There was a really great villain, Jeremy Irons, as Simon slash, you know... Groover's brother. Voice. I'm just saying, Jeremy Irons, don't get into podcasting because you'll push us all out of a job. Well, so you will. Absolutely. So, you know, it's what you expect from a diehard movie, but with a little twist in that it's not, it's a bit more literally bright. Like a lot of this takes place during the day and out and about in broad daylight in a city driving around. I just love the expanse of it, you know? I just yeah, feel like yeah. here's a fucking shitty, stupid analogy that will probably upset more people than it will make any sense to. But if mm. diehard 
Solid Wood is Super Mario Bros. This is Mario 64 because you're going in all directions here. It just feels like this movie has got fucking a lot of space, almost too much space to breathe. It's almost overwhelming where this movie can and constantly does go because it is relentless and non-stop. But like this movie is, I think, ignited a little bit of an else spark because I think yeah. Bruce Willis was the star of the show. I think we can all agree on that yes, front. Yes, yes. He yes. had a big part of our childhoods it seems even you the non-movie watcher this is a guy where it felt like there was you know this is a cultural touchstone for you and i both a, a rare shared film cultural touchstone from both yeah. of our childhoods yeah, yeah. separated by a cruel irish sea <laughs> and parents with much different opinions on what children should be doing in their downtime that yeah. is nice to know that it exists joe told me that she and her friends used to celebrate Bruce Willis Day, which was uh, Bruce Willis's birthday, and they would watch lots of Bruce Willis movies. And I feel I got to find out when Bruce's birthday is, and maybe we should do another R- Willis review for Swirl or for Swill. Yeah, I don't know. Die Hard Two. Where are you at with that? Would you want to see it after having seen this? Well, now I found out how unnecessary it is to have seen it in order to understand three. It's kind of interesting, but I do. I'm curious about it. It definitely has its defenders. Like we will get people being like, "How in the fuck are you Did saying you? Die Hard Two yeah. is bad?" But like, I know there are people who agree with that as well. I don't know. I mm. still feel that three was a smarter decision to go into before two. But maybe we will do two at some point. I had a very good time with this. And I'm curious to watch more Die Hard. I think beyond three, we get into the tricky, more recent Die Hard territory. Sam, every day is a good day to Die Hard as far as I'm concerned. Which would be quite fun to explore at some point down the line, perhaps. Perhaps. But as it is, you know how I describe this film? What's that, Sam? It's a fucking blockbuster. Yes! Yeah. God damn it. Yeah, yeah. The people growing the popcorn kernels in the fields of maize are definitely on board with this one because it is certainly a popcorn movie. I don't know if they make them like this anymore, Kevin. They don't. And I think that's kind of a good thing. But if you want a relic of like, remember the 90s when things were just, just watch this. Get it out of your system. Go watch this. It's a 90s fucking thrill ride. And I'm very excited and eager to learn what your rating with a vengeance is for Die Hard Part Dry. I would like, and I wish I could remember what this number is in German. I'm going to give it four Star Wipes. Fear Star Wipes? <laughs> no, I don't. I love Star Wipes. And I'm going to give it four Star Wipes. Four Star Wipes? <laughs> you heard it here first. Oh, thanks for listening to another episode of Cinema Swirl. This episode was produced by Kevin, edited by me, Sam, and I also did the music. If you want to support the show, then patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl is the way to go. If you want to follow us on the socials, we're at Cinemaswirl on Twitter and Facebook.com forward slash Cinemaswirl on Facebook, which is where our votes for episodes take place. If you've got questions, queries, comments or anything else for the mailbag, then send it on over to Cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's Cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Please do keep recommending the show to your friends if you think they'll like it, or even if you don't think they'll like it, just recommend it anyway. Oh, and if there are any bits in recent episodes that you think would make particularly nice video clips, you know, the kind of thing we've had on our socials recently, then send us a tweet and let us know. All right, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye. Bye.